This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Uh, we are speaking with Dave Sargent, Vice President of Global Automotive, J.D. Power, and he oversees all of the company's vehicle quality research globally. A lot of information, including the initial quality study called IQS, Automotive Performance Execution and Layout, which we'll talk about in a minute, called Appeal and Vehicle Dependability Study, VDS, as well as many other vehicle quality tracking studies. It's very, very important to track the, the perceptions, expectations of consumers if you're going to expect them to, or if you're going to be desiring to really tap into the ability to sell them something as as important uh, as a car. Now, Dave, I do want to talk a little bit, because everyone knows J.D. Power is like, that brand is sort of mm-hmm. like the, the gold standard of, if they say you're good, that means you're good, <laughs> right? Right. So talk a, briefly talk a little bit about kind of the in-depth, how that brand was built as a kind of critical and credible purveyor, if you will, of important information to give to the consumer so that they can help, so that we can help them make decisions. Sure. So um, there really is a J.D. Power um, who founded the company. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, As you may or may not know, he is a Wharton grad. Thank you very much. Ladies and germs, thank you, sir. We will (laughs) shout out Mr. Power, J.D. Power, a Wharton grad. Thank you very much. Go ahead, sir. Know your audience, right? Uh, Yeah, class of 1959. Wow. he also got the Joseph Wharton uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. In oh, very nice, sir! You're you're blowing oh, me yeah. away. Like you're more prepared <laughs> for your interview than I am. I am totally embarrassed now. But this is very I, very interesting. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with uh, mm-hmm. with Dave Power. So. Very cool. Very very cool. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So 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 he, it's a it was originally a family owned business. It's since been you know sold. Um, but it's it's based on um, a few fundamental principles. Mm. Um, one is uh, complete integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, you know, like a good newspaper, we Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. report the results without fear or favor. <laughs> nice. um, you know, at some level, we don't care who wins and who doesn't win. You know, that you know, our job is to report what consumers say. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolute integrity mm-hmm. and our you know, our, our business is is selling the results to to the automakers, and so if they didn't believe the results were valid, mm-hmm. they wouldn't they wouldn't you know pay for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that it's transparency. You know, always being very clear on what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. And we also, I think, have done a very good job of walking the you know pretty fine line between being at some level an advocate for the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, our business model is is getting revenue from the automakers, so and the other providers in other industries. So on the one hand, we're um, you know a little bit like Consumer Reports, where we're sort of advocating on behalf of the consumer. Um, but on the other hand, you know, our, our, our clients are the automakers, so we're, we're trying to be the you know the the phrase we use is voice of the customer. Mm-hmm. So we are the voice of the customer to our clients and. Our, our primary value has been for our clients to provide them with a very high quality, very high integrity and robust benchmarking information mm-hmm. so they can see how they're performing you know, against their competitors because you know, everybody can find out how, you know, how their own consumers feel about them, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. hard to find out how competitors' consumers feel about them. So we... Yeah, we play the role of the honest broker and, and do the study for everybody and then provide the results. Mm-hmm. And then on the, on the other side, we provide consumers 
with you know helpful information so they can make more informed choices when they go to, to you know to get their vehicle serviced or when they go to buy a vehicle so you know we're trying to trying to serve both audiences and that's why you know the integrity and the uh, transparency is is incredibly important because we need both sides to to trust us as the, mm-hmm. the kind of honest advisor to both of them. Mm-hmm. The trusted advisor, I love that analysis, and I think it's a very important yeah. key point, Dave, because this is how you know it, cre- it creates a win win for everybody, consumers, also automakers, because they need to know like how they can improve based on an understanding of what's being perceived about what they're doing. A lot of times, you know, companies can feel like they are doing a certain thing a certain way, and they don't have that litmus test, if you will, against the, or the the actual perceptions of what the customer actually thinks, which could be totally different than what's in their heads, right? Right, and you know, nobody thinks their own baby is ugly. Right? <laughs> so. Um, uh, you know, and 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 I understand. In it, I've worked in car companies, and we spend you know my life talking to car companies. And um, you know, if you've worked at a car company for for thirty years, there's a certain way of doing mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. and you believe that to be the right way. And you know, these are very successful companies, and so you know, it's hard to argue with that. But you know, sometimes they make decisions which you know we know that consumers aren't going to appreciate, and so our role is to try to advise them on that before um, they go too far. So we work with a lot of the automakers, you know, pretty early in the development process mm. of a new vehicle to mm-hmm. help them, you know, tailor it so that when it comes to market in three or four years' time, you know, we know that consumers are going to gonna accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can say things to the chief engineer that his subordinates, you know, can't or won't say, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is a dumb decision. You know, they can can walk us out the door, but they can't fire us. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and companies appreciate that. They, you know, they want that level of transparency and particularly the higher up in an organization you go, you know, when you talk to the CEOs and presidents, they're like, just tell us the truth and Mm -hmm. we'll, well, we know how to deal with it. If you tell us the truth, then we can act on it. And, you know, we we may choose to follow your advice or not follow your advice, but at least we know, you know, what the, quote, truth is. And they don't always get that internally because, you know, people have careers to look after mm-hmm. and no one wants to upset their boss. And, you know, it's the same in any mm-hmm. organization. Um, and so, you know, we, we, like any consultant, like any good consultant, we play a useful role, mm-hmm. um, you know, that we can give them the sort of the unvarnished truth um, and then they can decide, you know, what to do with that information. Very, very cool. I love this journalistic model, uh, Dave, because the notion of complete integrity, transparency, the voice of the customer trying to be an honest broker uh, and just report the objective results without fear or favor. Very important, very, very important sort of value add on both sides mm-hmm. of that uh, of that decision-making and purchase process. So I want to turn quickly to the 24th Annual Appeal Study, uh, which yeah. just came out, Yes. Yeah, it came out in uh, the end of July. Gotcha, end of July. So it's really recent, and I want you to tell us a little about. That. I love this appeal stand. You guys are really good at like making up these acronyms. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> appeal stands for Automotive Performance Execution and Layout. Talk a little bit about the study, and I want you to make sh- to make sure that you touch on Dave this notion that I read about when I was sort of taking a look at uh, some of the summaries of the report of this notion of emotional attachment to the cars. Tell us about the the study first, and then tell us about this analysis that it seems to have emerged that says quality is important, just like you said earlier in the segment, Dave, but also these other things that can somehow uh, alter the perception, if you will, or create additional utility, emotional utility for the consumer. Speak on that. 
Sure. So this is a study that we do every year um, of recent vehicle buyers. So we wait for the consumer to have owned their vehicle for about 90 days, and then we survey them about what they love or don't love about the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So firstly, we ask them about the quality of the vehicle. So we ask them, you know, what's gone, anything gone wrong with your vehicle? Mm-hmm. And once they've done with that, then we turn to this more um, subjective, if you will, or emotional mm-hmm. side of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we're asking them how they feel about the vehicle styling, about the performance, about the noise the vehicle makes, okay. about the comfort, about the quality of the interior materials, about the functionality of the vehicle, yeah, does it carry all their stuff, does mm-hmm. the kids fit in the back, mm-hmm. um, how safe people feel when driving the vehicle, mm-hmm. um, about the technology in the vehicle. So, so irrespective of whether they've had any problems or not, how do they fundamentally feel about the vehicle? And it's actually this emotional um, mm. feeling about the vehicle that, it, in the end of the day, is much more important mm. to the success of the business um, of the automaker's business than the hard quality. That's still important. Mm-hmm. But in terms of having your customers um, come back, in terms of having them particularly recommend the vehicle ah, to mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. Um, this this idea of someone sort of being in love with the vehicle as opposed to thinking it's just, yeah, it's okay, it's you know reliable and it gets me from here to there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that's that's important, um, but having the emotional side on top of that is is even more important. And yeah, you know, the the vehicles that succeed in the market typically are the ones that have this this emotional hmm. um, attachment for the consumer. Mm-hmm. And you know there are there are manufacturers who historically have not paid a huge amount of attention mm-hmm. to that. Um, you know, focus much more on the reliability of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now are very much promoting you know the the emotional side of the vehicle, the performance, the styling, because the reliability, as I mentioned, is sort of almost a given. Mm-hmm. You know, for a brand like Toyota, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to convince people that the vehicles are reliable because people already assume that they're reliable. So their mm-hmm. marketing is much more these days around the styling of the vehicle, performance, you know, and how the vehicle makes the, the owners feel. Mm-hmm. And does part of that, Dave, have to do with, I just go back to my, previous example in my own case when I, well, I was in grad school making $8,000 a year on a stipend in my 95 Taurus and I had convinced myself Dave that oh, I don't really care you know car doesn't matter it's no, it's no big deal there's nothing emotional about it and then when I bought the, the, the when I upgraded I never forget being in the car the first time and just feeling like wow I think something mm-hmm. just happened to who I am, <laughs> you know. Right. And uh, yeah. I think I think you're touching on that. It's like these other little things about the styling, performance, comfort, tech. All these things create a kind of gestalt, if you will, a kind of portfolio of, that creates an ability to connect with that specific consum- consumer in an emotional way, right? It does, and you know, luckily for the human race, everybody's a little bit different, right? Um, and so, what connects to different people. You know, or, or what connects is different for different people. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, what what I might love about my car or not love so much about my car, you know, somebody else who looks a lot like me but and has exactly the same vehicle may have a very different reaction to it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, that that makes life interesting. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise, we'd all end up buying the exact same car if you know things were you know if we were all the same and you know information was perfect, everybody mm-hmm. would buy the exact same <laughs> vehicle. Right. And luckily, they don't. They and, don't. You know, some people 
for some people, styling is, is incredibly important. For some people, performance is very important. For some people, feeling safe inside a vehicle is extremely important. And, you know, people gravitate towards vehicles which, you know, um, which they believe give them what they want. Mm-hmm. Whether they do or not is a kind of separate mm-hmm. issue, but mm-hmm. it's, it's how, you know, it's, it's a cliche, but, you know, in many cases, perception is reality. So if you think a vehicle is safe, that's, you know, Mm-hmm. That's kind of the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, I might like love the styling of a vehicle, and someone else might hate the styling of the exact same vehicle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay if there's enough people who love it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting for automakers because they, you know, they're trying to satisfy, you know, hundreds of thousands of consumers, all of whom are a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a pretty pretty tough. Uh, challenge that they have to to do that. Very very cool. Uh, t- we're running up on time a little bit, Dave. I want you to answer me two more questions. Uh, the sure. first is from the twenty uh, fourth annual appeal study. What was the most surprising finding that your team uncovered? And the second is, what would you say are the most important future things that car manufacturers and automotive consumer decision making should be paying attention to? Um. Yeah, the surprising question is always a difficult one because we, yeah, because <laughs> you're so good at what life, you do. You know, it's like you uncover. It's like you well, just uncover you know, the inside. You know, yeah, we spend 24 hours a day thinking about cars. So. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, surprising is 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 difficult. I mean, there's, but there's a couple of of themes that that really come through. One is that the gap between the premium brands and the non-premium brands is narrowing significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about half what it used to be. Oh, so it used to be that, um, you know, brands like BMW and Mercedes and Audi and mm-hmm. Jaguar and others, you know, were, were way, way, way more appealing than sort of mainstream brands like mm. Ford and Toyota and Chevy and Hyundai. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's narrowing. Uh, partly because the premium manufacturers, in, in a sense, are becoming less premium as they move down mm-hmm. market or at least into smaller mm. segments. Mm-hmm. Um, but more that the mass market vehicles are loading up with content. Yeah, you don't have to spend a huge amount of money these days to get, you know, navigation and leather seats, mm. and car play, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of the safety features that people are looking for. You you can get a lot of this on a you know twenty twenty two thousand dollar vehicle mm-hmm. for that. That is one um, Interesting. long-term trend that's, that's notable. Um, and in terms of what automakers need to think about in the future, um, you know, obviously getting the fundamental quality right is important, but um, it's really around giving – customers want the technology. There's no question that mm. technology drives sales. Customers want the technology, mm-hmm. but they want it to work mm. the way they want it to work. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, for things like voice recognition, you know, it's it's important, but it's not critical mm-hmm. if it doesn't work mm-hmm. exactly the way they want it to. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about um, lane centering, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> collision avoidance systems, um, blind spot detection, mm-hmm. and all of the foundational technologies that are going to take us down the road to one day fully automated vehicles, mm-hmm. if consumers don't think those things are working they are never going to buy an automated vehicle. Mm-hmm. However much the industry and the pundits say, you know, these things are coming, these things are coming, mm-hmm. the automakers have to get this foundational technology right. And, you know, a lot of it's working pretty well. You know, blind spot detection works pretty well, and mm-hmm. some of the others work pretty well. But there's some others, like like lane keep assist, mm. which just drives people crazy. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of people. We have another study called our Technology Index uh, Experience mm-hmm. uh, Index Study, where you know we ask people how they feel about these specific technologies and you know what what they do with them. A lot of people just turn them off mm-hmm. because they can't stand the overly nannying um, <laughs> feeling they get. Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. Both of of you know alarms going off all the time because they're <laughs> you know drifting out of the out of the lane, uh-huh. and also the steering wheel sort of tugging itself. You mm-hmm. know. And, um, yeah, I sort of make the joke of, you know, I already have people in the car who tell me I'm a bad driver. I don't need a car itself. You know, I'm joking, but um, but there is an element of that, that people don't want the car to just keep banging on about, yeah, you're moving out of the lane. Yeah, I know. I'm doing it intentionally. I <laughs> got gotcha. um, uh-huh. And so for the automakers, yeah, so that's that's part of it, but also... A lot of people are worried that these systems aren't working mm-hmm. consistently mm-hmm. and can't be trusted, and therefore they turn them off. And you know, this is a real challenge for the industry. They'll they'll, they'll get there, but it won't be as easy as a lot of people think it will be. Interesting. Very very cool, Dave Sargent. Thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. It was a pleasure to sure, have you. Pleasure. Excellent. Absolute pleasure. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Dave and the appeal study and all the other great analyses and consumer information work that's going on with him and his team, go to jdpower.com. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.